What is up, my fellow embryonauts? PCT, or post-cycle therapy, has been used for decades now by bodybuilders. It's basically been popularized by bodybuilders to kickstart your own natural production after you use steroids. Now, oftentimes when people do TRT, like much smaller doses of testosterone, they still think it's necessary to PCT. But I want to make the argument here that the original traditional way of doing PCT actually doesn't make sense when you're just using TRT. This whole concept of kickstarting your own natural production and the methods that they use is actually not ideal. So in this video, I'm going to discuss why those methods aren't ideal and what instead you can be using. If you'd like me to help you solve a problem, be sure to book your first free call with me. Link will be in the description. The three most commonly used PCTs by far has been HCG, Nolvadex, and Clomid. And uh, HCG works different from Nolvadex and Clomid, and Nolvadex, which is basically tamoxifen, and Clomid, they work via the same mechanism. But these three are most commonly used as a PCT. So the first thing that I don't like about HCG is that it lowers LH. It's still suppressive, right? You can see group A on the graph that used 2000 IU twice a week of HCG, and the other group used 60 milligrams of TRT and both suppressed LH. So HCG, which is supposed to be used as a PCT to kickstart your own natural production, suppresses LH. So it does the opposite of what you want. Then HCG also lowers the LH receptors. You can see um, after injection, it immediately desensitizes the LH receptors on the Leydig cells, which means that um, the, when, when you stop using HCG and your natural LH comes back, it will be insensitive because of the, the, in, the because of the desensitization of the LH receptors, right? So you're going to get a drop in testosterone. I discuss all of this in more detail in my previous video on HCG, so be sure to check that out. And also, HCG is not that potent. Here was a study where they used 2,000 IU of HCG two to three times per week, and what happened? Their testosterone went from 300 to 422. So they basically had a 120 nanograph per deciliter bump by using HCG. So it's not powerful. Right, So I know the whole goal is just to kickstart your own natural production, but it's really not powerful. It's not effective. It seems to only boost testosterone on average to 500 nanograms per deciliter. And although that might be enough to minimize hypogonadal symptoms, it's really not at a place where you're going to feel good. HCG also increases the testosterone to estrogen ratio. So as you can see, testosterone usually starts out higher than estradiol. Estradiol is lower. And this is the ratio between testosterone and estrogen. And as you use HEG, testosterone goes up, but estrogen goes up more. So you get a much smaller um, testosterone to estrogen ratio. You basically get a higher estradiol to testosterone ratio, which can predispose you to estrogenic symptoms. So basically, you need a PCT for your PCT, as someone in the comments mentioned. So I don't like HEG because of all of these reasons mentioned. Then we also have enclomophene or clomid or tamoxifen, right? They block the estrogen receptor at the pituitary and that allows LH to go up. So it doesn't work the same way as HCG. HCG mimics LH. Enclomophene or tamoxifen basically allows LH naturally to go up. But as you can see, the bigger the dose, the more LH goes up. And so what they found is that by giving animals 
like a large dose of clomiphene, it resulted in a 50% reduction of LH binding in the testes after five days. This is because the more clomid or inclomiphene you use, you can see 25 milligrams, you get a disproportional increase in LH. And so LH desensitizes the LH receptors on the Leydig cells. So the moment you remove the inclomiphene, your LH is going to drop and you're going to be insensitive. Again, you're going to get that dip. So clomid is not necessarily better than HEG, although they do work differently. And also the side effects of clomid and Noldedex is that it blocks the estrogen receptor. That's how it works to increase LH. But that leads to no increase in libido or much improvement in symptoms. So when you look at blood work of people using inclomiphene, you will see that testosterone is amazing. It's like 700, 600. Their estrogen is in a good place. The lipids, is, everything's like in a good place, but they don't get a resolution in their symptoms. And the main proposed reason for this is because it's blocking the estrogen receptor, so you don't necessarily feel better. So yes, you have more testosterone, and testosterone is working on the androgen receptors, which is all good and well, but you need that synergy between the testosterone and estrogen to feel better, to feel good. And it seems to block that, so you don't really benefit from that increase in testosterone. So how to negate these side effects, right, from these compounds, is you could use smaller doses more frequently, right, and this will help to prevent the suppression of ICG, it will help to prevent the suppression of LH, it will help to prevent the desensitization of the LH receptors. And that's just one thing that you can do, but there will still be some suppression. But the point is, it's still not very potent. That's the whole point. Like you can use smaller doses of HEG, like 250 IU every other day, but the boost you're going to get in distortion is going to be so small that you're not really going to feel good on it, which we bring up the point, like, is it even helpful to use HEG in the first place? So what causes long-term separation? Like we have to think about, okay, if you're a TRT, you come off of TRT, are you going to be eternally suppressed? And if so, why? What does this happen? Why do you even need a BCT, right? Do you need to BCT? Let me discuss that with you. The reason why you're suppressed comes down to the duration of the steroids, exogenous steroids in your body. So the hormones that can suppress you, the androgens, like the hormones, is going to be testosterone, DHT, and estradiol. So they're all suppressed LH, as you can see in this graph here. And it's all depend on how someone is metabolizing these hormones. So you can see that Let's say someone metabolizes testosterone first, so testosterone drops, then DHT because it has a longer half-life, and then someone is not good at metabolizing estrogen, and so estrogen stays in the body much longer um, than testosterone. So what would happen is that you will be suppressed much longer due to the elevated estradiol, or it could be the DHT, right? So you can see that testosterone is going to be dropping. It's going to be close to hypogonadal here. But your LH is still very low. It's not coming up. So why is my LH not coming up? Well, it's because some of the other hormones, either be estradiol, prolactin, uh, cortisol, DHT, some kind of hormone is suppressing LH from coming up. And so this is why it's helpful to do a, um, a more comprehensive panel and not just look at your testosterone, but also DHT and estradiol. So the hormone that stays in your system the longest will suppress you for the longest. And so the faster you can get rid of, for example, the estradiol or the DHT, your LH will go back up. But that's also the point. It's like if your DHT stays in the system longer than estradiol, that will be better because you will still be in a more androgenic state, right? It still comes down to the total androgens versus the total estrogens. If you have low testosterone, but you have high DHT and you're still suppressed, that is still better. Right, because you still have an androgen that's making you feel good. I've seen this on blood tests 
someone was using a testosterone cream and by the next day they were completely hypogonadal but their estrogen was like 50 and they were still completely suppressed like okay why do you have such low testosterone but such high estrogen and you're still completely suppressed because his body is just metabolizing the testosterone so fast so it's like out of the system real quick but then you still have the elevated estradiol that has a much longer half-life in the body that's suppressing the LH. So he is more prone to probably getting estrogenic symptoms, right? Like poor sleep, gyno, mood disorders, aggression, those kind of stuff from the excess estrogen. He's in a more estrogenic state because his body is keeping the estrogen around longer than the androgens. So that's suppressing him. So maybe he could benefit from Clomid to get his LH back up, but then you, you get all of the other side effects that I mentioned. So what you can do is you can um, rather focus on boosting DHT so that the DHT opposes the estradiol, or you can use something that helps to metabolize the estrogen faster. You can get a natural aromatase inhibitor, and you can use, for example, calcium deluterate that will help to bind to the estradiol and excrete it from the body. Anyway, so this is basically why someone is staying suppressed for a long period of time. Then also, the use of other steroids, like if you were on TRT, did you use DECA, did you use TREN, like did you use other steroids as well? Because very oftentimes other steroids, especially in larger doses, will start to be toxic to the testis. So testosterone in itself is not harmful to the testis. On the contrary, they have found that you can use testosterone can actually improve the health of the Leydig cells. And so they have found that people that use TRT for prolonged period of times, many years, they had no impairment in their Leydig cell function. Once they come off, the Leydig cells just keep on pumping testosterone like you were never on testosterone, right? So it's the use of other steroids while you were on um, testosterone because those other steroids can be toxic to the Leydig cells or they could have a very long half-life. Like, for example, DECA, it is metabolized into other steroids that can suppress you or manipulate your hormones for up to a whole year after you've stopped using DECA. And then also, if what you've been doing while on TRT, right? Have you been drinking a lot? Have you been eating all kinds of junk food? Have you been skipping out and sleep? Like, what have you been doing, right? Have you been implementing the good stuff? If you've been implementing the good stuff, chances are your testosterone will be high after stopping TRT. So this is a very good example, and I'm going to show you this graph. So here was two groups, and they were basically hypogonadal. You can see the testosterone at 300 before TRT. And then they jumped on TRT, both groups, and group two, basically the dark um, column here, they had higher testosterone because they exercised while on TRT. This group didn't. And then after they stopped, you can see the group that exercised and continued to exercise had higher levels of testosterone after stopping TRT than the group that didn't exercise. And so they were able to maintain much higher levels of testosterone before TRT, after TRT, right? after stopping TRT because they exercise. So this is just one variable. Just by exercising, you're able to get much higher levels of testosterone after stopping. So it's been what you've been doing while on TRT that will determine your testosterone levels after TRT. And then, so what do PCT instead? Like I've been talking about like the traditional ways of PCT is probably not as good. And there must be other ways that you can PCT with. Right, so one of the things that you can do that I do like is switching to a topical testosterone. So the pros of topical, it has a short half-life, but the cons is that everyone responds differently to it and everyone metabolizes the hormones differently. And the reason why I like a short half-life is because the faster the hormone is out of your system, the faster your LH is going to come back out. But as I mentioned, everyone is uh, metabolizing the hormones differently. So someone might get a drop in testosterone quickly, 
but the estuarial will stay in their system much longer, so they will be suppressed for much longer. But if someone is metabolizing estrogen and testosterone quickly, then it will be out and their LH will be back up and you will be back to normal in a few days. Right? You don't need to BCT because the hormones are out of your system and you're recovering. As soon as the hormones are out, you're back to normal. That's how it works. But it depends on the ratio of the hormones and how quickly your body is metabolizing those hormones. So it does have some variables in it. But I like this because it's shorter half-life. And what you could also do, someone asked this in the comments, is can you just slowly use lower and lower and lower doses? So let's say you were on 100 milligrams a day of testosterone. Can you just go to 75 and then 50 milligrams and then until you're completely off? Yes, you can do that. And that will help to shorten the half-life even more. So as you can see, the blue line was the smallest dose. The green was the middle dose and the red was the high dose. So smaller doses will stay in your system shorter, right? So it wouldn't give a as big a boost in testosterone, but it will stay in your system shorter. That means you will recover faster. But it still doesn't take into consideration how quickly you're metabolizing DHD, estrogen, testosterone, like the balance of those hormones. So if you don't get any symptoms after stopping, I don't think you have to worry about it, right? Unless you're getting hyperestrogenic symptoms, which means that you're not metabolizing estrogen as fast as testosterone. Then we have intranasal testosterone. The pros is it's a very short half-life, much shorter than topical testosterone. The cons are you need to dose it three to four times a day, which maybe isn't really a con, and it could cause nasal irritation. So as you can see, like, um, when you use intranasal testosterone, it peaks roughly 800, right? It's very bioavailable. But then it drops back to normal like within three to four hours. So you need to dose it quite frequently to have like an average of decent levels of testosterone. And um, as testosterone is dropping, LH is coming back up. So half of the day they're having high T and the other half of the day they're having high LH. So there was a really good study, people coming off of regular TRT onto intranasal testosterone. And the people that were doing the intranasal testosterone, they basically weren't suppressed. They had normal levels of LH. So this is just a good way to transition off of a longer form of testosterone, like injection, over the long half-life. Come off of that, do intranasal for like two to four months, weeks, right? And then you could just stop because of the very short half-life. And then the other one is you can just use DHT, like a topical DHT. And the reason why I like a topical DHT is because there's less variables. Because it's just DHT. Like if it's testosterone, it's going to convert into DHT and estrogen and everyone is metabolizing those hormones differently. But if you're using DHT, it's just DHT. There's less variables. It's a pure androgen, so it's not converting into estrogen. And also the androgen can help to control estrogenic symptoms. So that's very good. But the cons is that it might not resolve symptoms as effectively as testosterone. Right? People don't necessarily get the same benefits of DHT um, as they would from TRT, but that is fine because you're not using DHT as a replacement. You're like a testosterone replacement. You're not using it as a hormone replacement. You're using it as a BCT. And so this was a, a good illustration you can see in this graph. They use DHT cream for 28 days, and you can see how long the DHT still stayed in the system. And then um, you can see like testosterone is recovering as DHT is getting out of the system. So it's, again, like this inverse correlation. As the DHT is dropping, allergy is coming back up, and your testosterone is coming back up. And if you've been doing, implementing all of the right stuff, exercise, diet, all of the stuff that I talk about in the testosterone course, you will recover better than baseline, right? So I do like DHT because it's a pure androgen. You will get all of the benefits from androgens without it aromatizing and all of those side effects. At the moment that DHT is worked out of the system, your testosterone will be back to normal. 
So the two modalities that I really like, that's almost the, very, the most simple, is to use a topical DHT as a PCT or intranasal testosterone. The only cons is that they might be more difficult to source than a topical testosterone. So is it wrong to use HEG or Clomid as a PCT? No, it's not wrong. I just think they do have side effects, especially the HEG, that you need a PCT for your PCT. You, there, there might be a possibility that you will crash a little bit after using HEG and even in clomiphene because of the slight desensitization is going to cause at higher doses. So if you were just to use an androgen like DHT or intranasal testosterone, and the other thing I forgot to mention about the intranasal testosterone is the shorter the half-life, the less it's going to convert into estrogen, right? So you're going to, it's much easier to control your estrogen and your LH will come back to normal faster because of the better control of the hormones. So I just think that using these modalities is going to help to recover better and faster without any dips with a PCT, right? So if you're coming off of traditional TRT, you might get a dip, but now you use a PCT, that's going to cause a dip in any way, right? So why not use androgens the same way, like PCT with testosterone, right? Have you ever heard of that? Instead of using HG as a PCT, use testosterone as a PCT from a longer testosterone, if that makes any sense. If that makes sense to you, please drop a comment to let me know if that makes any sense to you guys. And if you've tried something similar, also drop me a comment. I would like to know how that worked for you and what specifically protocol you follow as a PCT for coming off of TRT or steroids that you've used in the past with success. All right, guys, I hope this video was helpful and insightful, and I will check you in the next one. Cheers, guys.